It has been said, all that a man has will he give for his life. And while all contribute of their substance, the soldier puts his life at stake and often yields it up to his country's cause. The highest merit then is due to the soldier. So said President Abraham Lincoln. Today, we prepare and tomorrow to celebrate Memorial Day when we honor all of our veterans in some sense and all of the men and women who are on active duty in the military, but particularly and especially those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, who have laid down their lives in defense of our country, in defense of ourselves and our liberties. I happened to catch on the news the other day a story about a New York firefighter uh, who was a volunteer to be a Marine. He was a staff sergeant in the Marines over in Afghanistan. And uh, three weeks before he was, uh, his term of duty was finished, Staff Sergeant Christopher Slutman was killed by a roadside bomb. In the interview, his widow uh, said how as they brought his body uh, back, they traveled through three different states, and as they went down the expressway, every overpass was aligned with uh, fire engines and other official vehicles in testimony in support of what he had done. But she said what they found most moving, or at least she found most moving, were the regular everyday people that they passed along the road who would stop and uh, take up a position of respect or salute to her husband's body. Is our country worth dying for? People like Sergeant uh, Slutman thought so. Sometimes we, as we think often and speak often about the great culture war that we're involved in, a lot of the unjust laws and evil practices that have become part of our country, sometimes we lose sight of the greatness of our country, of the, the beauty and the wonder of the liberties that we enjoy in this great nation, of all the many good things that our country has brought about in the world. Is our country worth dying for? We should certainly say yes, because it is the, the greater good that allows us to become part of something greater than ourselves. But if this is true about our country, that it is worth fighting for and suffering for and dying for, then especially in light of today's readings, we have to ask, what about the church? Is the church worth fighting for and suffering for and dying for? We might say, well, you know, the church is really messed up too sometimes. Got a lot of sin and corruption that's part of her. Again, we've all just been through the sexual abuse crisis again and all the many uh, bad decisions that priests and bishops and other leaders in the church have made. And we know that's true. That the church, as our first reading depicts today, it is, in one sense, a human society made up of sinful human people that often disagree with each other and have to kind of fight it out, and their sin and corruption becomes part of it. And yet, even just on that human level, the church has existed longer than any government of any nation that's around today, has done more good than any country, stands for something even greater and more important than even the United States of America. If our country is worth dying for, then the church, even on a human level, is worth dying for. 
And that's just on a human level. Our second reading today reminds us of the way that God, the saints, see the church. Not just as a group of people, but as something beautiful. A heavenly city, perfectly filled with the glory of God. With the symmetry and and beauty of being in harmony with God. That's the way God sees the church. That's the, the deeper reality of the church. Something divine and holy. And indeed, our gospel today reminds us that the greatest thing about the church is that to be part of the church means that we are the dwelling place of the Holy Trinity. Jesus is our head, and he says that he will bring his Father to dwell with us. He says he will send the Holy Spirit as our advocate to be with us. That is what the church at its deepest level really is, the dwelling place of God Almighty. And so is the church worth suffering for and fighting for and dying for? Yes. Yes, it is. And especially for those of us who have been confirmed, we know we have made, been made the soldiers of Jesus Christ. And we have to ask ourselves, do we fight and suffer and die for the church? Of course, we probably won't actually be killed in our day and age for the church, but there are ways that we can nonetheless die for the church. Here are three suggestions. When we we know people who are saying bad things, incorrect things, uh, unkind things about the church, do we speak up at work, in in our social clubs, in our families? Do we speak up for the truth? Even if that means that we're going to get mocked and laughed at or disregarded. People won't want to be around us anymore. Are we willing to die to ourselves for the church? Again, secondly, are we willing to die to sin, to say no to the evil impulses in ourselves, to do penance, to strengthen ourselves, to really become soldiers of Christ? If there's a day that goes by where we don't perform some act of penance, offering something up to God then are we really training ourselves to be soldiers of Jesus Christ? You see, we provided you with your penance today by not having any air conditioning, so you can offer that up. Be a soldier for Christ. Thirdly, charity. Whenever we really do works of charity, putting someone else before ourselves, we are learning to die to ourselves and to die in that sense for the church. And so today and this weekend, as we remember the greatness of our country and honor those who have fought and suffered and died for her, let us remember that each one of us is called to fight and to suffer and to die for the church because she is the greatest reality in the universe. She is the bride of Christ, the body of which he is the head. Let us become soldiers for her.